Last year I began going through the kina that Rav Mochal Ber Weismandel Zatzal wrote um, about the Holocaust. And I want to continue this year, again, go over some of what we spoke about last year and continue further. I also want to just point out as an interesting contrast. Rav Mochal Ber Weismandel was not the only one to write a kina about the Holocaust. There was a kina written by the Kashava Rebbe, Rav Fal Bloom, the Baba Rebbe, Rav Simon Halberstam. The Bosner wrote a kina, the Erlayer of Rav Yechanan Seifer, Rav Nasha Klein wrote, and Rav Shimon Schwab wrote. And what's interesting is if you look through them, you learn through them, and you compare them, uh, each one's kina very much res- reflects their personal experience during the Holocaust. And most of them did not go through the Holocaust, uh, with the exception of Rav Machal Bar Weismandl, who didn't go to a concentration camp, and he, he, his kina reflects his experience during the Holocaust from the perspective of trying to save the Yidin in, uh, and losing, a, losing his family and his yeshiva. And Rav Menashe Klein actually did go through the Holocaust and he did go to a concentration camp, and you see that very clearly in his kina. But the others, they lost their community, they lost their friends, they lost family, but they themselves, for each one in a different story, did not go through the Holocaust itself. The Baba Rabbi did not go, he was not in a concentration camp, or Shem Shua was certainly not, he was here, he was in the States. And uh, of, uh, the, the Shevet HaLevi also wasn't. So it's interesting, and they're, the kin are very much is different. The way they write it is very different. It's very different when they're writing about a personal experience or when they're writing about something in general that happened to people they know, it happened to their communities, but it's, it's just a very different feel. And Rav Machal Bar Weismandl's kina focuses largely on three things. He, the, the theme of the whole kina is him expressing how we can't allow the Holocaust in effect, in, to a certain effect to be in vain. What he means to say is that, in other words, he was distraught over the amount of people that lost their faith after the Holocaust, and they went off the darach, and they, they abandoned. And in, in a more specific way, he was very, very disturbed at the way the, the, the Israeli country was established and it was established on non-religious um, morals and foundations and he felt that that was everything that was given up during the Holocaust, all the people that died, all the people that gave up their lives. The only thing he, he writes, and well, I'll quote the language soon, the, holy, the only Yerusha, he says, that they were able to give over, said they didn't have all their possessions were taken away by the Nazis. Their, their bodies were burnt. There's no matseva. There's nothing left of them. They don't have even family who they could be myrish to. The only Yerusha they have is the Yerusha they give to Kal Yisrael with their final words, which is Shema Yisrael Hashem Alekeinu Hashem Echad. And he says, how could we not continue that, that, that Yerusha, how could we not continue that Messiah? And it's, it's fascinating the way he begins his kina and he ends his kina. His kina was likely written for, more for personal use because it's extraordinarily cryptic, very different than all the other kinas, even the kinas of Tishabo, it's more cryptic than that. It's a very cryptic kina, and this, this safer I have here it was written by one, the son of one of his Talmidim, 
who writes a whole sefer just to explain the kinna. Each one he goes in barichas. He has to reference different svarim that Mukhabar wrote just to understand what he's talking about. And it's fascinating. He likely wrote it for himself. His then his brother-in-law, the Nitrov, uh, tried to rewrite it in a more simpler fashion. They could understand what it's uh, what it's trying to say, but it loses some of what he was. In um, the Hagdama, in, in just the Haskamas given to this sefer. Uh, you see a fascinating thing. The first Haskama is given by Rav Yitzchak Tovia Weiss. Um, Rav Yitzchak Tovia Weiss, who just, just passed away. It was just Nifter. The Gaivet of Yerushalayim. And uh, he, he writes that, and they said this, and if you looked at uh, Yeshua World News, they mentioned this, but he writes here, my own personal, the, the way I was saved from the Holocaust was due to the actions of Rambol Chalber Weissmandel. He says he was born in Pezing and then he was around Preshburg, somewhere in one of the suburbs of Preshburg. And when the war began, Rav Chalber um, con- contacted Rav Shleim of Scheinfeld, very famous, who was a Rav in London, who had a yeshiva for, for uh, boys. And uh, he was his Talmud, Rav Scheinfeld was the Talmud of Mechaber in, in Nitra in Europe. And they managed, to get, um, they managed to get visas for children from Slovakia so that they could come attend this school in, in England. And he uh, arranged that Rav Yitzchak should get one of those visas and that's how he was saved. His family, everybody else was killed. They were all deported and, and, uh, and killed and he, he, he survived specifically directly from this. And um, in, in the, the Haskama that Rav Menashe Klein gives, um, he writes also a very interesting thing. I think I mentioned this last year too, but I've, I've heard of this Munich. I always found it fascinating. He writes, he's, he's commenting on the fact that someone is writing a beer on Kinnis. He says, They would be goinus, all the kinnus, means they would throw it in Gniza, into Seamus. They wouldn't put it away. Throw it into Seamus. They didn't put it away for the next year. And that's why you don't find very many Purushim on Seder Kinnus. We're trying to demonstrate our Betachan, that we're expecting next year to be in Shalayim. And there will be no need for kinnis. But really, you should write this. Why? This kina that Rambam wrote is not specifically to to be misabel to to uh, to lament. Help us remember what the, the Nazis did with Klal Yisrael. And to learn the history, what happened to us. And from the history, you could learn for the future. So, so he gives him a bracha. Chavar Vaisman begins his kina. He writes, Slachno Kale, Leguf Yisrael, Ashenashin Israfes. He asks Hashem to forgive what's left of, of Klal Yisrael, Asher Nafshin Israfes, that the, the soul has been burned, the Sarfa and those who burned them, the Nazis, Lahishir Mimena, Achaz Daitan Just left, it's their confusion. 
V'chein kaper b'shuv al tapal amchis shal ra'ada menayach yevshachet kev b'charada. I'm not going to translate every line. It's 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 extensive. So then he goes on, and he says like this. He says, "Zcharna abchias." Remember the cries, "B'tay magvias" in the 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 pit of of bodies. B'yoyim aloisim l'mroim neshamis when they went up to the heavens of neshamis. Oz nishbanu. At that point, we swore. Or they swore, Lahazkir, Shmam Lahazkir, we remember their names, and we won't forget them until the end of forever. And here is where he starts having his, his complaint, so to speak. ben Shikha, and bring back in Chuva the children that are forgetting, Ben Hakhasha, the children that deny the, the path of Messiah, the path of Teramitsis, Ben Shem Shav. The child who has keeps his name in in b'shaker b'shav with without without justification, meaning to say that a child identifies himself as a Jew simply because his father was Jewish. Am dam v'adama because they have sheer blood and they share land, and he says that's in vain. That's not that's not how we identify a person as a Jew. Ashagami yam damam shmam shikashmam from the 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 river of blood. They forgot their name. Shema Emes, their true name, is Amdas and Neshama. It's only a nation that has the Taira, Das, and Neshama, and, and lives for their Neshama. And he explains here on the bottom, he quotes a number of, of, uh, of letters that Mechavah wrote. And it's an interesting piece of history. There was a, a fellow whose name was uh, Nathan Schwalb. Uh, Nathan Schwal was a very active Tzioni, he was a very active, active Zionist, and he was, um, he himself was actually outside of Europe during, during the Holocaust, and he was, I don't know who he was, who he was appointed by, but he, he was part of the Congress, the, the, the Zionist Congress, and he was representing Slovakia to some extent. Now, if you look him up on Wikipedia, it writes about you know how much efforts he made on behalf of the Jews and etc. etc. But he writes here that when, in a, when he wrote a letter to him, Rabbi Michal Weissmandel wrote a letter to him for help, and he sent him back a letter where he did you know he promised to help or he, he said he would help, but in that letter, by mistake, was included a letter that was really meant to go to his his colleagues in the Zionist Congress. And in that letter, he says, Ramachal writes, he had a hard time understanding it because he was writing Hebrew words, but he was writing them in English or whatever language he spoke, German. He was writing, the, he, like transliterating it from Hebrew into, into to German until he figured it out. And he said a line there. He said that when the war, when the war comes to an end, this, this uh, Nathan Falb wrote, when the war comes to an end, the, he assumed that what the same thing that happened after World War I will happen after World War II. Germany's going to lose, and then they're going to start dividing up all the territories and splitting it up amongst all the conquering nations, the winning nations, uh, the, 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 among the allies. And he said, that'll be the perfect opportunity for us to make our claim to get Eretz Yisrael, to get Israel. And he said, how can we make a claim if all the allies, they have you know, lost so much blood during the war, they lost millions of soldiers, they're going to be, have a claim you know, to get the, the land that's, that's there after the Germany loses. And if we don't lose millions of Jews, what's going to be our claim to, uh, to Eretz Yisrael? And he wrote a line, uh, he wrote a line that he said, Rak, 
Rak bidam Only with blood will we be able to have Eretz Yisrael. Now this line ha- haunted him for the rest of history. <laughs> he was constantly accused of saying this line. Now these letters that Mechaber got from him, which was by mistake, Mechaber writes that it was, you know, they got lost, obviously, and during the war. He, he got them during the war. They all got lost with everything else that he lost during the war. But it became well known that, they, this, that, that he had said this line. Um, and uh, the Sosa was looking up that he, they up to, it came to a point where, uh, I forgot who the prime minister was at the time. It was one of the first ones. Uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't Ben-Gurion, but it was like number four, number three or number four. They, he, they, they encouraged him to, to uh, make a lawsuit against, it was because someone had printed it in a newspaper, maybe in France, so they encouraged him to make a lawsuit of slander against that person who had printed this, quoted this quote that he had said, uh, and he lost. He lost the lawsuit. Couldn't prove it, or couldn't prove he didn't say it, or they were able to prove he did say it. So this was just a, a little bit of what he was, was dealing with, and what he said was to him, to Mechaber, he felt that the, the establishment of the state of Israel, the foundation it was established on, is that the definition of a Jew is Jewish blood, Jewish culture, Jewish land. And he said, none of those things are the definition of a Jew. The definition of a Jew is Amdas and Neshama, that someone who keeps the Torah and keeps the mitzvahs. <clears throat> he, he goes on then to say, the next part of it, he starts talking about the, connect, the relationships he had, or not the relationships, the attempts he made to reach out to the Catholics and uh, the Christians, uh, mostly the Catholics, so he, he writes over here that um, from, from the beginning of, of the world, over a third of it passed with the killing and the destruction of the Jews, with the priests that who, who were, uh, they, they, they were evil, they burnt us in fire, they, they spilled our blood, and they tried to convert us. Nigam Pasa Alderis Tevel Achatzatz Merisham Amretzach, and they this that they were teaching throughout the old generations. I remember in uh, Riverdale, Mar- we had a Jewish history teacher. It was really a Rebbe, uh, Rabbi Zachary Fendel, maybe Zechariah uh, Levracha, Zechatzadik Levracha. He has many books, so he would teach for for a little tekufa. He taught in uh, in Riverdale, and uh, every year um, before before Xmas, I think he would give a like an hour or two hour presentation how we think that the Holocaust was something that just happened, and he said it was, it was, it was a messiah. It was a messiah of years and years of what the church was trying to inculcate, and then they tried to cover it up, and they tried to hide it, but it was, it was something that was being taught uh, for, 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 for generations, and he said, this is the, the line that he writes, that, until finally from their evil, it blossomed a, a murderous nation. Later on, he writes, um, the, the father of, of their religion, which he probably means, probably means the Pope or whatever, whoever he's referring to, that finally one of his Talmidim, in other words, Hitler, was finally successful in what they've been trying to do all these years. He doesn't uh, save any for, he doesn't save any uh, praise for Americans either, all the people he reached out to. He wanted them to bomb the, the train tracks to, to uh, Auschwitz, and they 
kept on saying they couldn't spare any planes, even though he was aware that they were the, the, fl- the plane's course was flying over the place where these train tracks were. He says, "Gam am samcho." Even the en- the enemies of the Amar of the the cursed nation, others, even the enemies of the German samcho, they were also happy. Al shakam poiter al There was someone who was going to take care of the of the Jews. So he wasn't. There was no one that he was particularly, you know, happy with. But he writes that he, when he was in Slovakia, and it was at this point, it was really right before the, all the Jews of Slovakia were deported. There was some 20,000 at that point that were already in, put into camps, and they were about to be deported to Auschwitz. So he, he escaped. He himself was also locked up, and he managed to escape. And he went to um, the, he went to the, the nuncio, of the of Slovakia, the nuncio was like a, a diplomatic um, representative of the Vatican. So he's the person was also a, he was also a, a cardinal, but he was in his position as a, diplo, a, a diplomatic um, a representative, and his name was Giuseppe Borzio. So if you Google um, Giuseppe Borzio, you'll also see that he made many efforts to try to stop um, the, 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 guy, the, the governor of Slovakia at the time, his name was Tiso. He tried to get him to stop the deportations, and they even listened for a little while, and the deportations were halted, and et cetera, et cetera. So it paints a picture of that he made an effort to try to stop the, the Jewish killing. But Michal Berweismann went actually had a meeting with him, and this is the way he said, this is what actually happened in the meeting. <laughs> He says that he had been hoping that there was, there was an archbishop in Hungary whose name was uh, Sheredi, and he actually um, threatened Horthy with excommunication if he doesn't stop the deportations, and Horthy actually did. Eventually, Horthy was just put, was, was run over by, the, <clears throat> by, by, by Hitler, and he just got put someone else in his place and wasn't able to do much. There's... The jury is out, actually, about Horthy, about whether he was a very tremendous Russia or whether behind the scenes he was actually trying to do. He was a self-proclaimed anti-Semite, that's clear. But uh, there are those that say that he did try to, to make uh, an effort to save Jews. In any case, uh, he, was, so he was encouraged by the fact that the Archbishop Sharadi of, of uh, Hungary did make an effort to stop the deportation, so he, he, he approached this Giuseppe, um, uh, Giuseppe Borzio, and uh, first he told him, he met him on a, on a Sunday. So first he told him, you know, it's Sunday, uh, we can't do any work on Sunday, we can't, only holy things can be done on Sunday, we can't be busy with the Dvaram Shulchayl on Sunday. So Ramachal Ber said that he made, him, made, he made believe that he didn't hear what he said because he couldn't, he said, we're talking about the lives of tens of thousands of men, of women, of little children. How exactly is this a Dvaram Shulchayl? How is this, uh, you know... Uh, not uh, unholy things. He says, mm-hmm. Is the blood of, of children of thousands? So he, he asked them that you should immediately go and, and try to save them. My own wife and children are there locked up with them. And he, and he says, So this evil person said, And he was, a, he was the, the, the diplomatic representative of the Pope. He said, with a face full of hate, 
and with his eyes shining with, uh, with, with revenge, Lamar, there's no such thing in the world as blood of Jewish children that's, that's clean, that's innocent. All Jews are guilty. And they all should die. This is their punishment. That's been waiting for them. Because of that sin of, of, of Ish. This is exactly what he said. So then when I mentioned to him, he says that Shirati did try to make efforts on behalf of the Jews and he threatened Horthy with excommunication. I thought, he thought maybe he would make an oppression upon him. He got even more angry and he said, Shiradi Hisra as Horthy Bechairim. Shiradi warned him with excommunication. Adarab, on the contrary, all of Tzarach Lahatul Chairim. We should have put him, we should excommunicate him. Where did he have the right to even try to do anything for you? Certainly to, to threaten with excommunication. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to immediately call the Gestapo. And he said he had to run out. So, again, you know, there's a first-hand account of a, a very, very different communication that they had. So he goes on, and then he starts talking about, also, this was a very big, this was a very big and a difficult question to whether it's okay to accept um, uh, the, the, the what they call them reparations they, uh, reparations, reparations from, the, from the Germans he himself did not and there were two kinds of reparations there were personal reparations that you could, each person could accept and then there was they had established a fund for yeshivas and for, for organizations also that had been destroyed in the Holocaust. There was a separate fund that the Germans paid, and he refused to accept for both. And he actually originally had signed on a letter with many other rabbanim that was sent to the German consulate to receive those reparations. And then he was he retracted his signature and he asked for mechila and he said he's been doing the wrong thing. And he felt, which he writes over here in this kinnah. That, that accepting these reparations seems like as if for a few dollars we're willing to forgive the Germans. And he, he then, but he does write, he says that the only thing you can accept reparations for is not for the destruction that they, they did, for the killing, for the Ritzicha. You can accept reparations for the money that they stole. They stole a lot of money, you can accept <laughs> reparations. But he says even the reparations, he said, is a tipum and ayam, it's just a drop in the bucket for the money that they stole. He describes that they... There was, there was mountains and mountains of gold and silver and money. He says that Kiloi Shokach, as he writes in, his, uh, in the Kinnah, Haram Gavo, there were uh, the mountains high. Kiloi Shokach, they didn't even forget Lahakashain Zav to knock out a golden tooth, Melechi Chalal, from the mouth of, of someone who is dead. Oi, im Yodin Harshal Mois, Mishpat Chalal, Amalfek Vois, Imizutu Shalyam Dmois, and Rushal of Ardnishal Masai. That was the only thing he agreed you could take money for, but he personally did not. <clears throat> he then, he goes on to, talks about his Rebbe, uh, that was of uh, Shmuel David Ungar, who died in the course of the Holocaust, not in a concentration camp, but in hiding. Um, all the way in the end, he writes... This is just a very powerful... Powerful thought and a powerful line. He writes, Kel Mestater, talking to Akadosh Baruch Hu, you hide yourself, but Ma'oid Nira, you can be very much seen. La'ain Kal Meitzes Ben if you choose to look and to peer and to look for Akadosh Baruch Hu between the cracks. Orcha Hoyer Na, 
shine your light upon us, but now with fire. And bring back to life all the generations that are waiting to be brought back to life with Chiyas HaMesim. Let them awaken. And at that point, give us this Chus to give them back their Yerusha. In other words, he had begun with uh, the Taina that we're, we're not continuing their Messiah, we're not continuing their Yerusha, but he says, let us have this chos, that when Tchiyas HaMesim happens, we should be able to give them back their Yerusha. And we won't be embarrassed on that day of judgment. And we won't be uh, humiliated on the day that they are, they are revived. So this is the, the style and the, the path that he takes very much his experience, not directly in, in Auschwitz. If you look in, in uh, Rav Nasha Klein, Zechariah Nelbrachi just passed away, he, go, he describes every step of the way, because he was there. Um, I'll, I'll quote a line or two. He says, um, They killed tens of thousands, they burnt their bodies in the crematoriums, and from that fire, l'chaim nesharti, I remained alive. Some subamach narikas chaya, they they uh, tried to drain in my the, my life in the machne in the camps. and they they shot at me. Heina martin exarti, and I thought I was lost. Umi kifshane ha'esh, and from the the fire, the kifshane ha'esh, ud mutzal mi'esh l'hoidal dasin itzalti, I was saved to testify on the Jewish nation. Proim the wild beasts kavru, they buried with sorfu and they burnt mehem chayim, some of the Jews were buried or burnt alive, Horgu they killed with solvu ashirayim and then they hung up, they, they, many people were killed by hanging, the last v'aymrim oven le'palti, but they say, oh we didn't do anything wrong, z'dayin le'ev ha'natsiyim no'yisev ha'kala menatsim he'mem makarash, the evil of the Nazis was worse than all other evils previously, and there the makar harasha, and he goes on and on it's the whole, the whole Kina is a very, very specific, and you just see, it's someone who actually went through uh, the Holocaust himself. In any case, it's uh, important to, for us to say one of these kinas or any one of these kinas, you know, after, after kinas are over, it's interesting that the kinas itself basically end with the Rishainim, so they end by the, the Crusades, um, and even though there were terrible tragedies, Tachvatat, but Tachreinim didn't add kinas, at least not ones that became part of our our Seder, but the Holocaust is, everybody agrees, um, transcended all other Saras that ever happened to Klai Yisrael previously, so it is something that is important to do, to say one, any one of these kinnis uh, when you have an opportunity on Tisha B'Av.